to the Gab Talks by the Independent Press Award. I'm your hostess, Gabby Olzak. Today, we will be speaking with Dr. Barbara Koltuska-Haskin, author of How My Brain Works, A Guide to Understanding It Better and Keeping It Healthy, a distinguished favorite in the 2021 New York City Big Book Award for Health. It has also garnished multiple other national and international awards. Dr. Koltuska-Haskin is a clinical neuropsychologist in private practice with over 30 years experience. Along with a doctorate in psychology and neuropsychology, she has a Master of Science in Clinical Psychology and a Bachelor of Education. Dr. Koltuska-Haskin was born and raised in Warsaw, Poland. In 1989, she was awarded the American Association of University Women International Fellowship, where she spent a year at UCLA's postdoctoral training program in neuropsychology. She later received her U.S. citizenship as an alien of exceptional abilities on the basis of her education, research in neuropsychology, and clinical achievements. Barbara is also classically trained mezzo-soprano and earned a degree from the School of Music in Warsaw, Poland. She joins us from sunny Albuquerque, New Mexico. Congratulations, Barbara, and welcome to The Gab. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And, you know, I the, the book got seven awards. This is my first book. I didn't expect any awards. So this is kind of amazing. But I'm, I, I get a lot of positive feedback from that book. So I'm happy it's helping people. It really is. And I have to say, Barbara, that obviously I do not specialize in brain neuropsychology, um, but it was extremely easy to read and approachable. I learned so much from it. So so let's get to your background. It's so interesting. Uh, you grew up in Poland. Yes. Did, did, it, did that affect your decision to become a neuropsychologist? Well, I was always interested in brain, um, how brain works uh, uh, and uh, what is going on there. And I felt like maybe neuropsychology is better than neurology because we have a kind of more to offer and uh, in, in terms of uh, brain functioning. So I felt that, and I actually I was a brain researcher first. So I have a good background to kind of guide people through their brain functioning uh, problems, what works good, what doesn't work. So that's that's about the background. And in fact, the, your book, How the Brain Works, it's like I said, it's, it's extremely approachable to read. It's an introduction to not only neuropsychology, but it's also a guide to healthy living. What are the benefits to of our neuropsychological evaluation? Well, let me explain what the neuropsychologists Please. do and uh, what is neuropsychology, because when I tell people I'm a neuropsychologist, so people ask, what do you do? Okay, so I wrote that book. To, neuropsychology is a bridge between psychology and medicine. And neuropsychologist is brain functioning specialist. So we assess how your brain functions. And we do this uh, through testing, blocks, puzzles, computer. We don't do anything invasive. However, if I start working with you and I notice that you need to have MRI, I will contact your doctor. I said, I think that person needs to have brain imaging. Or maybe uh, if I see that maybe looks like you may have a, a, some seizure disorder, then I said, let's Let's send this patient for sleep-deprived EEG. But what I do is just, it's kind of a, it's a kind of, 
I want this to be kind of a positive experience for my patients. I make sure that they feel okay. And if they have an anxiety, I calm, calm them down and just uh, try to explain what we are going to do. So we have two hemispheres, left and right. So your left processes language, right processes your nonverbal stuff. Also, unless you are left-handed, it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, you can have a language in both hemispheres or vice versa. Anyway, so what we do is we assess how your brain processes verbal, nonverbal information. We assess your rate of processing, of mental processing is average for your age, below average or above average. We assess your memory. We don't have one memory. We have many different memories. So we go through all the memories. We, act, we assess your attention concentration, executive functioning, and we also assess your emotionality because we are one, body, mind, and spirit. So your mental, um, your emotions, your mental problems obviously affect how your brain works. And I will talk about this a little bit later. What I would like to emphasize here is that, that we do not, that memory complaints are not necessary memory problems. So if you think that you have memory problems, and when you come to me, I, I will figure out if this is really memory or this is your attention, executive functioning, your very high anxieties affects your ability to, uh, to process, to remember it information. Also, not all attention concentration problems are ADHD. So <laughs> I'm covering this. Right. We, this do throw, we do throw that term around an awful lot, don't we? Yes. And yes. ADHD, especially yes. within the schools. And yes. um, I wanted to ask you, so who then would benefit from this type of evaluation? What type of patient? I know you deal with specific patients, but in your book, you do talk about the benefits to a variety of different types of people, college students in the workplace. Who would benefit from this? Okay. First of all, people who have a history of brain trauma mm -hmm. and our brain any kind of brain problems, or they think that they may have, may have brain problems. They think, memory okay, issues. Yes, memory issues. Or they have somebody in a family that struggles with dementia, or they had a friend that was driving a car a year ago, and now this friend is in a nursing home not recognizing anybody. Dementia can... Uh, the, the rate of deterioration is very different. So not everybody goes fast, but this is not for this talk. Anyway, so people, instead of having a, a sleepless night and thinking, oh, I have a memory problems, I may end up like my Uncle Joe or my friend Judy, just find a, a community neuropsychologist say services. This is a medical, these are covered services by your medical insurance. Most of them, they should have because it's covered by Medicare and Medicaid. It is a medical benefit and make an appointment with your community neuropsychologist. Neuropsychologists are a rare breed. I have to tell you guys, but we are there. But you're there. Well, I, you we know, are there. when I was reading the book, I thought, wow, this is wonderful information, but how do I find a neuropsychologist? And then at the end of that part of the book, you did guide us on how to locate one so that that made it really easy for everyone. So, Barbara, the motto of your book is as long as you are breathing, there is more right with you than wrong with you. Tell us, explain what that means. Okay, so what I'm, yes, so what I'm always telling my patients, if you can walk and talk, be grateful. So 
Yes, because so it's true. true. Absolutely. It's true. It okay, beats you the alternative, have, doesn't it? Yes, you may have <laughs> some, you know, usually people think that they have more problems than they have, except for dementia patients. They usually have that they have less problems than they have. And sometimes yeah. they come to me and say, <clears throat> I really don't know why my doctor sent me to you. I have no problem. So that's a big red flag for me. But usually people come to me that think they may have a memory problems or they come for ADHD evaluation and I do very detailed clinical intake. And it turns out that they had several brain traumas or several sport-related concussions and that's their brain have been changed. So, but what I want to emphasize is that instead of having the sleepless night, instead of worrying about it, please just get yourself evaluated if you think you may have a problems. This also affects people who already finished college students and people who got promoted and have much more work than they had before. Because smart people, smart people are able in high school, they are most of the time they are able to to cover and and get good grades but then when they go to college all over the southern they cannot finish classes or it's too much for them that we need to figure out what is the problem there and then that often happens when people are promo let's about 30, 40, 50, when they are promoted to a much higher position. And over the Southern, they have to do much more work in a much shorter time. And they freak out because they cannot do that. And it's something, or maybe I have a dementia. I have to calm them down, just relax. Right, okay, right. So, yes, so what I wanted to say is that emotional reaction to the subtle cognitive changes is far more damaging than the cognitive change alone. So if you have a question, get yourself evaluated, we figure out because we will very specifically tell you, for instance, is your verbal memory is average for your age group, above average, superior, below average or lower. So we test you, I get a number and I compare this number to the norms for your age group. So I can give you very specific information where your cognitive functions are. And it's very frequently, it's very relieving to people because they come to me and they said, oh, I probably have dementia. And then they found out that they they have a little problems with verbal memory, but it's not severe. And they have a superior visual memory. So I said, okay, use your visual memory. I teach them. Use Use the visual memory to help with your verbal memory. So once we do the evaluation, so I'm doing neuropsychological evaluation. I test, first I do the intake, then I do the testing. Which is very non-invasive, as you said. Yes. Yeah. And People are afraid of that. They hear testing and they think it's invasive, but this is a very non-invasive procedure. No, it's non-invasive. You can't even really call it a procedure, actually. No, it's not a procedure. It's just a kind of interaction. Right. And I always tell patients that you have to have a positive experience with that. So, so once I you st- do the evaluation, what's the most important step to take after I attain the results of my evaluation? Okay, so first of all, I have to I have an exit session, and this is a usually not short session, it's a kind of a long session, just session about sometimes 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes more than an hour. I put this at the end of the day so I, I have enough 
time to answer questions. And we go over the results and we figure out what is working, what's not, how much, and what to do about it. So depending on what we find out, then we fig- then we prepare a treatment plan. And then I will tell you, because I, in my community, I know who is good in what. And usually neuropsychologists are people who are working in the community for a long time, and they know who to refer to, like who is doing neurofeedback, which is very good. And I put this, you know, I also do the, I'm also a blogger for Psychology Today magazine. And there is a lot of articles. If you go to my uh, website, www.drkoltuska.com, that will, there is a direct uh, link to the website. And I am covering also a lot of brain health issues. So um, if you need a therapy, if I think your uh, emotional uh, stuff is affecting, if you have like, let's say, PTSD from some traumatic events, then I will send you for EMDR or therapist who, sen- who specializes I- in this. If you have, it's all of, uh, this is very individual and this is not a quick fix and it's not a quick right. evaluation. So this is, you have to invest a little bit of your time. In, but the uh, evaluation this- does arm you with the knowledge that you need to find the tools that you need to deal with your brain. Absolutely. And then I tell you what kind of exercises I I think will help you. And I always, always talk to people about uh, lifestyle and diet. Because that's that's the next part I want to get to. So the book is broken up into two halves for our listeners. The first half does talk about the brain specifically and the positive benefits of the evaluation. The second half of the book, Barbara, you focus on brain health. And I love the way you join the physical, psychological, nutritional and spiritual worlds. It's it's really is a guide to healthy living. What do you consider the most important factor in increasing the brain health? Okay, so before I before I go to that, I, I would like to mention one important thing. So uh, the reason I wrote this book is because I wanted to let people information what we are doing and that they don't have to struggle with uh, their cognitive problems because they are specialists that they can help them. So that was, and my patients were always telling me, you know, you, you know so much, write the book. And my uh, direct inspiration was actually because people, some kind of found about me in a community and came to me and said, I needed to see you. They were very tearful. I needed to see you 10 years ago. Uh, 20 years ago, I would be much better right now. Unfortunately, probably that's true. So the other questions I always, <laughs> I am always ask my patients, my patients are asking me is, okay, so what can I do to keep my brain going? Because the fear of dementia is very real. And very it, real. Yes, and it can incapacitate you if, if you already have anxiety disorder. So I, I was writing these books for uh, three years. So I did through a lot of research to figure out what actually works because I wanted to give my patients intangible advice, something that really helps them. Not just that what I think, but what the research says, okay? So the book is actually what the research says works. And the research says, but I agree that we are one body, mind, and spirit. And the, the, our brain doesn't work in isolation. The better our body works, 
the better our brain will work. Okay, yeah. so yes. the, the most important is actually whatever, uh, and I agree with that, is diet, is nutrition, because food is your medicine. That's what I believe. Food yes. is your medicine. So whatever you eat, if you try to eat well, you will function well. If you eat junk, hmm, that's going to be a problem. So the diet is very important. And what the research is, what the, the best diet is, Everybody's in agreement that's Mediterranean diet. What is Mediterranean diet? It's basically more veggies, leafy greens, olive oil, legumes, than meat. That, that's, and, that's the mystery of the Mediterranean diet. You put it quite simply right there, Barbara. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, if you can substitute meat from fish, it's even better. Or some seafood. I don't know when some states have better access to seafood than when I am. But you don't have to have it fresh. Frozen is very good. So try. To, so I teach my patients, do 80-20. Try to be okay 80% of the time and 20% of time you can slack. If you really need, we only have one life. If you really like cheesecake, have it once right. in a not, while. Not every day. Not, not every, every day, day, but once right. in a while. If you love pizza, have it once in a while. Of but course. Try, to, try to be okay for 80% of time and do not beat yourself up if if you had a bad day. If you Once in a while, if you overeat it on cheesecake, you are not going to die. But just say, okay, I'm going to try tomorrow. Your, your self-compassion is extremely important in your recovery. Yes. It's a more and more research coming that your mindset is actually extremely important for your recovery with any kind of problems and for you being able to for your brain to function well. So what the research says right now is that if you do exercise, if you have a good diet, but you have depression, anxiety, and constantly beat yourself up, you are not going to get that benefit. So please be kind and compassionate to the world and be kind and compassionate to yourself. So if you have a bad day, just say, okay, tomorrow is another day, Scarlett. And try again. Okay, so let's go to uh, back to the diet. So we are trying to do Mediterranean diet 80% of time. Now, what I always talk to my patients is that you are not going to get better if you are not cooking for yourself. Try to cook for yourself. You can have frozen meals and, you know, some fast food if you live really like that, uh, maybe 20% of time, but learn how to cook for yourself. I promise you it's easy. Easy. Even I do this and I'm really busy. So get your, so I tell my patient, get yourself a crock pot, put some meat yes. and veg, vegetables. Love the crock pot. Yes. Yes. And get, get some herbs and all herbs are weeds, weeds. They grow. That's what their potency comes from. Right. Because they can grow everywhere and they do not require your care and they do not require too much water. So you're debunking a lot of myths here, and which I love, Barbara. You're yes. making it easy for everyone. Everyone thinks that it's so difficult and so no. time-consuming to eat well and to take care of yourself, but it's really not. No, it's easy. Herbs are very easy to grow because all one who eats except basil, but it's just kind of chimeric. But all of them, you you, you get to to your you know nursery in a in a community, uh, put some into your 
If you have a back, backyard, put in backyard, if you have a balcony, they grow very well on a, on, in a pot, all of them. They will come up every year. And also, if you have a sunny window, you can grow them on a sunny window. They are not easy to grow. And if you put, just need a little bit to your, um, you don't have to put a lot of them to your to your crock pot. Just put a little bit. And what, What's the you, most beneficial herb that you use? Uh, I love rosemary. Here it is. Yeah. And it's, in my, it's also in my book. Yeah. Love it. Because this is anti-inflammatory. It's antifungal, antiviral, and grows. It's a shrub. Just like sun, every, it grows in every soil. Sun and little water. Don't, do not overwater. Yeah, rosemary and, is, pre, is pretty hardy. So, so what are some small, immediate steps we can take when we begin our journey to better brain health? What are, what are some small steps for us? The, the first small step is just to motivate yourself that you want to do that. And if you do not have motivation, because what, what I do, I want to inspire people, encourage people, please try to take care of your brain. So do good diet, exercise, everything is in my book. So, because uh, I know we are almost out of town time and exercises, no rush. A meditation. So I can cover it later if we have time. So the first step is you guys just need to, okay, I need to start doing this. I mean, I want to put myself on a road to, to better brain. Now, if you don't have a motivation or you don't know what to do, despite that you read my book and my blog, then it's, it's okay. This is a perfectly good counseling question. You can get a counseling and ask counselor, okay, help me get motivated. Help me get and motivated. Yeah. Yes. Help me sometimes, get motivated. Sometimes we, sometimes we need a little bit of help. And Barbara, yes. is it ever too late for us to begin this? Because some of our listeners might be hearing all of this and, and might be thinking, okay, I've been eating McDonald's for the past 40 years. It's too late for me. I've already done all the damage. No. Is it ever too late? No, it's never too late because your brain develops to the right now. We know that to the end of your life, it's not like when I was uh, in school, graduate school, they were teaching us that the brain actually develops to the age of 12. And then it's kind of no. we know right now that you can get you can if you walk, even if you OK, there is a study in my book that says that it was done on seniors, that they were uh, walking 40 minutes three times a day on a treadmill. Yes, I am doing this outside. Radmir is too boring. Me too. Me. I like I like to be outside. <laughs> no, and get, no. Get positive it's, energy in me. Yes, but the, what the study said that after they when they did that for half a year, they their hippocamp grow. What is hippocamp? Hippocamp is this little uh, stru uh, subcortical structure in your brain that is responsible for your short-term memory. So it collects your short-term memory and said then sends this to other parts of your brain. So it's important in short-term memory and learning. It grow. They, they have a research. They have a evidence that it happens. So, yes, if you had, if you didn't um, take care of yourself for forty years and you still want to do that, it's a, it's still time to do that. Uh, you know, we can get better until the end of our life. Now, is this a? If you you can do everything and still have some problems because life is life. Of course, there, there is no. You know, there is no certainty. No quick in life. Yes. Yes, but 
if you know, but have, knowing that you can do something to help yourself is very powerful. Very powerful. Because, yes, because you are not hopeless. You are not sitting there and said, okay, well, I'm going to, I don't have dementia today, but I may have it tomorrow. No, this is a very wrong thinking. You know, just get up and and walk for half an hour because walking is very good for your brain, is the best uh, treatment for anxiety, depression, one of the best treatments because when you walk, and I know I do the same, if I have a frustrating day, I just put my shoes on and I walk until I'm tired. An hour, maybe some 45 minutes, hour and a half. And then when my body is tired, my brain kind of relaxes and it says, ah, it's not, it wasn't that bad day. It wasn't that bad. No. Right. So Barbara, Barbara, what is your favorite self-care practice? You said you oh, like to walk. What's your favorite self-care practice? Uh, well, uh, I do a lot of gardening because I like to eat my food from, uh, you know, I like to eat fresh food. But fresh food. I, yes, oh, absolutely. Because uh, gardening is very easy and I put everything in a book. It's really easy, easy. You do give us a lot of steps. I love it. Yes. And you then go and and pick up. You don't have to buy the whole box, uh, you know, and then throw out half of it. You know, you you always have the ingredients on hand from. Yes. And everything is fresh. And you know what? Yeah. The other most important that I believe in is meditation because it's more and more research coming out. And it just it was on the news two days ago that meditation is better than medication. Wow. In, uh, in treating anxiety. And there is a lot of research that says uh, uh, that it's as at least as good as ADHD medications. So Barbara, I know a lot of our listeners are thinking this right now. Oh, meditation. I don't have the time to do that. Well, meditation is, I think people have a, yeah, my patients tell me the same. I'm not good in meditation. I'm not good. I can't sit there. It takes too long. I don't have the time. So so what do you say to that objection? Okay. I tell them, first of all, that uh, people have a bad information that meditation is about clearing your mind. You cannot clear your mind unless you are dead or enlightened. (laughs) This is not what meditation is about. Right. Yes, not possible because when you sit down and start breathing, the thoughts will be coming. That's normal. That's normal. So what the benefits come from is that you just sit down, find three minutes. I tell people, get three minutes, put your timer on three minutes, sit down in an armchair in a quiet place. If you don't, if you want to do this outside, I love doing this outside, um, if I can. Uh, even in, when it's cold, um, hot jacket or a warm jacket. Just sit down and breathe with your abdomen. You need to learn to breathe, not this breathing, but this breathing with abdomen. But there is so many uh, teaching apps that are free to teach you how to do abdomen and just sit down, breathe with your abdomen, do the and just sit down then and breathe. And when you notice that you are thinking about what you are going to do tomorrow, just bring your thoughts back to breathing. And that's what this beneficial, all these benefits are coming from. And then if you do, don't do this once, just tell yourself, I'm going to try for a month. Okay. If you cannot do this every day, do this every other day. If you three can minutes. only do- start with three minutes. We only have, yes, start with three minutes. Okay. And then put on five. And then if you can do 20 minutes, it's enough. If you can do 20 minutes twice a day, it's enough. 
And in my book, I am introducing this uh, pre before sleep meditation because a lot of people have problems with sleep. So I teach my primary care physician that I work with them. It's before prescribing them medication or other providers. Or taking providers. melatonin, for example. All yes, yes. Yeah. Sleep and anti-anxiety medication, benzodiazepines, are linked to early dementia. So use them only if you have to. Not every day, not for years and years, but that's a different subject. But learn how to sleep. Sleep is very important. And try to get between six and eight hours of sleep because your brain cleans up all this debris. But if you had a bad day, it's okay. Bad, bad night is okay. You can try to uh, next day. Do you recommend meditating before sleep? Yes, I recommend. Be, yes. And I there is a, a, a before sleep tea, Buddhist tea meditation that I kind of, kind of get my inspiration from. Because going to sleep is not off and on switch. Yes. You have correct. to prepare yourself for sleep you can kind of you have to have a downtime so how so, long do you have to meditate before sleep then what do you recommend 20 minutes but if you only have two if you only have 10 minutes just do your calming herbal tea find out which herb is coming for you there may be this one this is my favorite this is lemon balm it's, mm -hmm. It doesn't look very good, but it's mm, mm, smells heavenly. It smells oh, it's so it's anti-anxiety. It's Melissa officinalis. It's um it's a medic. All our herbs, most of the culinary herbs are also medicinal herbs, and I'm I'm covering this in in my book. So uh, sit down and sip the tea and breathe and prepare yourself by do the hygiene first. Do your hygiene first. Of put course. your pajama on. And, and just your, yes. to to sleep, just completely. Yes, sleep. and just calm yourself down. If reading uh, books, it works. You can read books, but don't watch TV or check no your social media. Don't no, because it is because the the blue light that they right. emit, it's not good for your brain. Right. Yeah. So. Um, okay, that's all. That's all great advice, and and I'm going to use that, and I'm sure our listeners. Oh, absolutely, and meditation. Yeah. Yes. So I really encourage you to please try to do meditation, and if you do this a hundred times, at least maybe maybe for you will be fifty, maybe for somebody eighty. If you sit down and and start breathing, your body will immediately go to this meditation mode. Yes, it's I've I've done it and it and it does happen. It is so true. So yes, it is gonna that's, that's a good start yeah. for everyone. It's just like with Pavlov dog. You sit down and your body is okay, it's meditation time. That's right, it's meditation time. So Barbara, adding to the long list of your accomplishments, and it is very, very long, you are also an accomplished mezzo soprano. Share <laughs> with us how this gift has elevated your life and inspired you to do what you do. Well, I wanted to be, I always loved music. So I wanted to be a doctor, but I also wanted to be a, first I wanted to be a pianist. I started piano and then I wanted to be a opera singer. But, uh, and I have to say that music goes uh, kind of together with medicine because a lot of my, like I, I went to the formal music school and a lot of um, uh, uh, 
people from my class, either pianist or uh, vocalist, went to medical school. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> yes. I, yeah, because, well, you know, not what, what, it's not surprising. I mean, no, I no because, you know, when I, I had my first child, the the big thing was the baby Mozart. Yes, baby Mozart is absolutely wonderful. Fantastic for, for neurological development. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, that is because I think uh, truly medicine and brain functioning is kind of more art than science. So we need all this scientific, but then when we put this information together, you know, every patient is different. You never, you know, in, in brain science, you never get a, hardly ever get a patient that looks like your you know dsm5 or or icd10 you are hardly ever get the same symptoms that they put under diagnosis you you need to figure out actually what is going on of course so yes a diagnosis is good for uh, you know insurance companies and just let other pro- providers know if you are going left on right or straight. But you need to figure out what actually is going on. So it's kind of it's a I love it because it's like a scientific work. Every patient patients is like a scientific work. Yes, it is. So yes, it is. It is. It's all about healthy body and mind. So. Barbara, do you have a favorite quote or inspirational saying that you would like to share with our listeners? You, you yes. have quite a few in your book. Anyone that stands out to you? I don't know. <laughs> because it it really, um, well, the, I think the most inspirational, uh, what's impo- most important for my patients is basically that, you know, as long as you are breathing, there's more wrong with you, right, right with you than wrong with you. Yes, I think that it, those are definite words of wisdom that we should go by for sure. For sure. Yes. Finally, because, Bob, yes, go on, Barbara. Because you cannot give up on yourself. Because the moment you give up on yourself, your body and brain will. Yes. Well, so that, don't give up on yourself because the research says that people who want to get better do get better. We have research on that. But you have so, to have that motivation and that yes, desire to do yeah. that for yourself. I know it's not easy. It's very easy. If you had neurolo- It's not easy. It's difficult. If you have neurological problems, you have traumatic brain injury. And all over the sudden, the world is, you know, just uh, dumped on you and you can't even walk. But... You cannot give up on yourself. Always think there is a future. Always, I can do something about it. I can get help. If you reach for help, you will find help. It's there. It so is there. Don't, yes. So that's that's what I wanted. Write this book to. Okay, you can get help, but also I want to inspire you. Take care of yourself because we are one body, mind, and spirit, and we have to take care of a body. We have to take care of mind, but we also have to take care of a spirit. Be try to be on a sunny side of the street if you can. Not all the time, try 80% of the time. Because Good it's advice. very yes, it's very important for your well-being. Well, Barbara, the book was really incredible and it definitely changed my outlook on a lot of things. And I know that a lot of our listeners will feel the same. How can we find out more about you and your work, Barbara? So I have a website, website? www.drkoltuska.com. And I said also on this website is a direct link uh, to my blog. I'm, you know, they don't pay very much, nothing almost, but it has so much, you know, once I, once I, my book was out. The Psychology Today magazine editors contacted me and said, okay, 
can you write for us? So I'm writing for them. What's I saw that your blog has a lot of invaluable information, a lot of links to some really interesting articles about brain developments and different tools that you can use. Well, yeah, I think, yes, it's good because I already have almost over 80,000 views. So it looks wow. like people, yes, isn't it interesting? Yes, okay. it's fantastic. Uh, yes, yes. That, that, and then, that shows me that people have the desire to be healthy. Yes, they want, they, yes. I think this is like a new, after COVID, oh, I, I forgot to talk a little bit about COVID. COVID is very dangerous to the brain. So whoever, people, please do whatever you can to stay safe because well, this is, a, yes, I wrote an article about it. Yeah. But uh, also what I wanted to say is that uh, the articles from my blog four times were promoted to essential reading. And yeah, put it on is a essential reading. It is and yes, and we're put on a first page for for psychology today. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I think it's a good source of information. What I want everybody to be very cautious is just to do whatever it takes uh, to uh, also protect themselves from getting sick. I know that it's not always possible because what is the research says that COVID invades and infects brain and causes changes in a brain similar to traumatic brain injury. So even mild COVID causes that kind of changes. So especially people who have a history of brain problems or had traumatic brain injury, they need really to do everything to stay, to stay, to stay safe and healthy and not get infected because the long-term COVID is real and there is no cure. But I don't want to uh, end on a negative note. Right. I want to end on a positive note. Yes, I want it to be inspirational. So there is all, so what I believe, there is always something you can do to help yourself. And if you are listening to me and you are 80 or 90, there is still, and you are still well-functioning, it means that you are doing something well, continue and be, be, be conscious about your brain health. And if you are 20, that is the same. Yes, uh, you know, the earlier you start, the better you will be. Absolutely. Well, Barbara, we've learned such incredible things today about our brain health. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Gabby, for having me. Thank you. And this is Gabby Olzak of The Gab Talks. Until next time, keep on reading. 